Like so, conscious. She getting crazy, huh? She getting crazy. Here we go. Lucid dreams, so I can't be out here living stupid. I love hard, so you could say I was shot by Cupid. Say less, but every now and then I drop my two cents. Tunnel vision, cause niggas could really be a nuisance. I so, yeah, you know we be the fucking movement. Don't ask what we doing, just know we always keep it moving. Watch out for intruders, still a student to the game You don't see me rocking chains, cause I think that shit is lame When my brother's getting slain from the police Blood stains leaking on the concrete All my aunties always want me to stay up off the street Cause these niggas tucking heat, yeah the feeling of defeat nigga. And I'm constantly finding ways to level up my mind state Ain't no justice for us, you could peep Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back Alright. So Alright. Just gonna let you guys know something. Um I'm super happy, I'm super proud that uh I'm getting all this uh great feedback from the first two episodes. So with that being said, I wanna say thank you so much to those who've given me so much support, so much um um just accolades for the first two episodes that i put up and that means so much to you so much so that um i'm going to be giving out some bonus content on my um twitter so on the twitter for the elephant room podcast we just started one just want to let you guys know something we have a twitter now With that Twitter, we're going to actually expand a little bit more um, and keep going going forward and forward and forward. So I want to thank you guys so much. So on that podcast, the podcast name is Elephant Room Pod, E-L-E-P-A-N-T. Spell that right? No, spell that wrong. E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T, Room, R-O-O-M, Pod, P-O-D, Elephant Room Pod, new podcast Twitter, gone up. Check it out. Send me some questions. Send me some memes. Send me some stuff that we can talk about um, so that way I can get you guys feedback straight up hand and foot. I just want to know what you guys thinking, what you guys got some good ideas, got some stuff that you want to get off your chest. You can send it anonymously. You can send it through, you know, DMs. Just send me something, you know. I want to be uh, a part of you guys' life as much as you guys are part of mine. Um, and, you know, let's touch people let's actually well not touch people jesus christ let's this this is move people in the right direction actually see what it's gonna go i want to see if this podcast is actually gonna be something so let me know send something and thank you so much so uh without further ado i want to actually um give two shout outs to two two people that in my life love them to death both have birthdays that passed up already um ivan molinar happy birthday brother um you mean so much to me Thank you so much and for everything you've done to me. So happy birthday, brother. And to my brother from another mother, um, you guys might know him as Daniel. I call him Enrique. Long story short, Enrique, happy birthday, brother. Um, you mean so much to me. I'm happy that you're a part of my life and much as you have uh, given to me. 
And uh, you're an amazing chef. Keep doing what you're doing, man. All right. Happy birthday. So enough of all this sentimental bullshit rigmarole. <laughs> Said happy birthday. Got out the Twitter already. Uh, third episode. Got listen to it right now. So thank you so much. And I'm Big Rob, your host for the Elf in the Room podcast. And let's just get right into it. So today's episode is about kitchen nightmares. Those who don't know what kitchen nightmares are, it's not just the fucking show that you watch with Gordon Ramsay. It's more so just a chef's PTSD about how an actual kitchen runs. Now, I'm going to give you a quick skim. I'm not going to break down a full operational kitchen. I'm just going to play some sounds and we'll just talk about it. Okay. So first sound. Really capture the ambiance of a kitchen actually working. You know, motherfuckers moving plates, touching something. This all around is being business out of the kitchen. Now, I'm going to take a little step further. Inside this kitchen, I say there's three chefs. We're all talking, making jokes, laughing. Um, and usually I'm the one that's making them laugh. And this is just a slow day. This is just us hustling and bustling, getting some tickets out. People are asking for, hey, you got that fried chicken? Yeah, I'm dropping it right now, chef. All right. Five minutes of fried chicken out. French fries. Chef, you got some more French fries in the window? Coming right up. I got French fries dropping right now. All right. You guys are doing great today. You guys are doing great. Now, this is just regular, simple kitchen, right? This sounds like a movie kitchen. Now, let me tell you what a real kitchen sounds like. All right, six orders of fried chicken coming up. We got two orders of that burgers. Our two burgers are coming out there. We got now we got two French fries, three burgers, seventeen orders of fries, seventeen orders of wings. All right, uh, what do we got today? What's the special today? Oh yeah, uh, Osabuco. Okay, six orders of Osabuco. Uh, how many fish we got there? Arctic char, Arctic char. Chef, we eighty six Arctic char. Nobody told me about the fucking Arctic char. Tell the servers to stop serving Arctic char. T- just tell them to stop serving Arctic char. That was the best impression that I can give of a chef's kitchen. And that sound that you hear, the ringing, ding, 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 that fucking noise, that is a kitchen nightmare to me. That constant perpetuating sound of ringing noise, that bullshit. Oh, my fucking God, that shit is fucking brutal. It leaves you with fucking sweat in the middle of the night. I'm talking like dripping down your back. It, it, it's 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 scary it really is it'll fuck you up um those who aren't a chef uh that sound like a regular everyday sound but listen to that sound every damn day every day waking up you know just sleeping you wake up you're like oh, okay you know time to get up time to get up blah blah blah, blah. all right and um you are just regular just ready to go ready just to do your thing um and you just hear that fucking sound now that sound has multiple uses you have the um 
you know, regular ticket times, the other regular busy nights. But one of my most dreadful things that happens is when it's time to clean up, we're like five minutes out about to close and just put you in that mindset. Let's get it. Man, I can't wait to get home. My wife would just fucking just, oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, did anybody pick up that, uh, that burger that had fell down? Yeah, we got it already, chef. Oh, okay, cool. All right, let's finish cleaning up so we can go home. And everybody's ready to go. All right. Hey, uh, chef, is it all right if we actually sit down another table? Another table? We're actually broken down everything. What are you talking about? Um, I mean... We uh, have to actually serve him. It was still five minutes out. Ah, fuck. Hey, guys. Uh, we got um, one more table sitting down. How many on the table is sitting down there? It's eight, chef. Eight. And five minutes out before we close? I know, I know. I told them that we would close, but they were like, eh, they're going to go to HR. And, and uh, I was like, ah. So they're going to go to the manager's office and they're going to say, it's, all right, fucking sit him, sit him, sit him. All right. So, guys, stop breaking down. We got another ticket coming in, all right? There's just one ticket. It's eight people. Eight people? This, this is get this shit over with so we can all go home, okay? Chef, it's already 10 o'clock. It's supposed to be closing 9 o'clock. I know, I know, I know. Just, just bear with us. We, this is in and out, all right? The ticket should be ringing in any minute now. See, see, tickets here already. All right, let's just get this over with. Wait, why is there more tickets being? Pr hey, why is there more tickets coming out the ticket printer? Chef, uh, two more tables sat down. Two, you said one, not two. I'm sorry. Is, is they want appetizers? They want desserts? What? The fire's been already cleaned out. The, the oven has already been turned off. You got to tell them that we can't serve that. Just, I'm sorry. It's, 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 we just got it. Nigga, I'm talking brutal. I'm talking. Whew. Makes me want to cry. It really does. So, I'm going to fill up this next part by just, just giving you stories inside the kitchen. Just giving you the rigmarole of ins and outs of what's happened inside the kitchen, what I've encountered, what I've dealt with, my experiences, people that I loved, just short period of time. I'm not going to take too much time today. I'm not going to make this a huge podcast today. I always want to just lay something out. If it sticks, we'll keep going with this. Actually, you know, I have an idea for getting multiple chefs on here, actually sitting down and talking about their experiences, seeing what they think um, differs from my opinion to their opinion. Um, but uh, I think it's great content. So if you guys like it, tell me on uh, the Twitter. Yes, that Twitter that I told you about, baby. We got that Twitter, baby. Elephant Room Pod. So check it out. Send me some stuff. And if you like the idea for me to have other chefs or hell, if you want to be a, a guest star on here yourself, let me know. Um, I have all the tools and tricks. All you have to do is show up and then we'll start uh, recording. So without further ado, um, let's talk about kitchen nightmares my kitchen nightmares so whew, um 
<laughs> I was a server at the time. This is going way back. I just started off inside of a kitchen and I was a server uh, working as a server. I remember one day I walked into the kitchen and the kitchen smelled really good. Like, you know, you smell like food, smell like something was cooking, right? Some roast or some shit, some, some with a lot of season to it, you know? And, uh, the sous chef at the time, um, um, let's just call him Roe. Um, Roe was um, fed up with the new direction that the executive chef wanted to go into for this kitchen that we were working at. And the early bird special had just went out for all of our earlier senior citizens that were eating and, you know, drinking and stuff like that. They just finished eating and the buffet was closing down for them. Buffet was closing down. Time to start lunch. Getting ready for lunch. Um, Roe <laughs> walks up to everybody inside of the kitchen gets them all together say hey can i get you guys attention can i get everybody's attention real quick well well you know what let me take that back let me do my best impression of row hey y'all let me get everybody attention real quick everybody just come come real close to us real quick man i just need to tell you something real important everybody's like okay what's going on row man what's wrong uh man i just need to let y'all know um simple if i fuck with you i fuck with you if i didn't you know why deuces Nigga chunked up the deuces, fucking walked out the back door, <laughs> fucking left. Everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, uh, he's gone. The um, banner manager at the time, I think she had a thing for him or something like that. So she went to go get him because I knew he kept, I thought he called the bus to work or something like this further context. Maybe too much TMI. I don't give a fuck. She went to go get him. She left. Like she took him home or something like that. He lived on like the south side or something. I think she knew that he was quitting the day two because I, she was prepared to fucking leave. As soon as he was talking, she was grabbing the keys. Anyway, um, all the other chefs that were there that had just got there were like, uh, I mean, at least he cooked today. Like, you know, got all these pots on the stove. Like, at least he cooked. Like, there's, there's even, there was even pans inside the oven that had aluminum foil wrapped on them. And we are like, okay, at least he cooked. Let's just open up the pots, see what's there, start putting to the right particular places, and then we'll go by the day, right? Make it through the day. Tomorrow, we'll have to deal with tomorrow. We walk up to the stove and see these pots, and the pots are filled with fucking water. <laughs> the pots are filled with fucking water, water and seasoning. And that's what made the kitchen smell so good. He just seasoned water and then just put them on boil and made everybody think that he had to cook that. But next while, he filled up like four or five fucking pans. And like some um paint high, uh, some hotel pans and filled them up and with water too as well, seasoned the motherfuckers up too, and it just wrapped up aluminum foil. I think seems someone had chicken broth and set up too. And everybody started scrambling around like fucking chickens with their head cut off. Oh my god, it was some of the most crazy shit I've ever seen in my life. And to this day I remember that's the way to quit a job. <laughs> that motherfucker get props in my book, bro. Um now, would I ever replicate that? It depends. Like, if that place really pissed me off and I was responsible for doing something and I didn't want to ever come back to that place, sure. You know, I, you know, uh, whatever. Um, but I'm a great worker. I would never put myself in a position to where I got that angry from a particular place. I would definitely leave on good terms for a place. And But if it was a place that was just, I was ready to go, man, that was... Some baller shit. To this day, it's burned my brain about how baller it was to me. Anyway, so, number one. Number two. Um, I remember 
this is speaking on the relationship part. Um, I actually was engaged at one point in time, you know, shocking. I was, uh, engaged to marry, um, this lovely lady and, um, amazing woman. And, um, we actually met at, uh, one of my jobs when I was a chef there, a sous chef there. We met, um, one day while I was cleaning up inside of the dry store, just reorganizing and, I was getting off the ladder because my boss was like, hey, I want you to introduce someone. And they were doing like um, um, a group interview or a group resume or some shit like that. And um, I get down the ladder. I walk into the main kitchen from the dry storage. And I bump into my future, uh, in my mind, my future wife. Instantly. Just, Jesus Christ, she had it going on. I mean, whew. Um to this day, I remember that, and she took my breath away. It was it was like that. It was amazing, and uh, um, I remember my heart skipping a beat. You know, as a chef, you really I want to say the surprise factor of how much you put into your job um, means a lot. You know, you make something and you're really surprised about how the outcome is because you were expecting a certain thing, but you got another thing. You know, it was it is the, the ends justify the means. And I had never been that set back in pure shock and awe because she was amazing, you know? And that dude, without that was feeling like real white of me, nigga. Without all, <laughs> without any other recourse, like there's just nothing else that could like take away um, um, that moment for me. That moment is burned to my memories to this day. So I walk in, I see her. I'll never forget it. She was wearing like a black shirt with like these green, um, I want to say capri pants. And she had like long like locks. Obviously, she's African American. Well, she's actually African. Um, and uh, she was just stopping me right in my tracks. I'm talking about bad, bro. Bad, beautiful, gorgeous. You know what I mean? And uh, I was shocked. I was stunned. Set back. Um, I might be talking a little bit too much about exactly how I'm feeling about it because I've been drinking a little bit. But that's just, that's just this complete honesty. Anyway. Uh, go up to her, and if people know me, I don't really have a whole lot of game. You know, I'm just myself. I'm just normal. Um, walked up to her and said, hey. No, my, my boss was like, oh, shit. Uh, this is, uh, uh, I'll delete that. I'll take that name out of there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> fuck me. And, uh, yeah, they're definitely deleting that out, the podcast. That name was going to be gone. Um, this is so-and-so. And, uh, um, I want you to meet her, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, how you, how you, how's he going? You know, like whatever, fucking whatever I was on. And, um, she was like, uh, she's like, nice to meet you. I look forward to making with you. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm in love. Right. Um, but I say that to say relationships in the workplace, is it can be very very tricky either you just fucking or you found the bride to be all right and i found the bride to be 
And most of my relationships, when I actually worked inside of a kitchen, were mostly sexual in nature. You know, fucking inside of um, refrigerators, freezers, dry storages, um, um, essentially like a closet where we kept like all of our chafing dishes and things like that. Another room like that. Um, inside the kitchen, inside my boss's office, on my boss's desk, I think at one point in time. And, um, I think inside of one of the residence rooms, I worked inside of a senior living home at one point in time as a chef and the girl that I was fucking around with the first floor had got flooded out of said job because of, um, some hurricane. I can't remember what it was. And so we were like taking a tour, walking around and she was fucking acting up or whatever talking. Cause I had just stopped talking to her and, and, um, and she was like upset that I was like talking to somebody else at that particular at that job too as well. And um, you know, she was she was upset. She was like, How could you do this? Blah blah blah. And I was just like, Look, I need you to calm down. It is what it is. And one thing led to another, we actually like sneaked into one of the rooms that were being built because the whole first floor had got flooded out, as I remind you. And uh we had had sex inside of one of the closets of the first floor areas and stuff like that. I think we actually had sex behind the garbage can too, but that's neither here nor there. You forget that last part. Um, so we um messed around, and I, I've I've messed around a lot, but there was never one point in time when I was like, okay, I really want to get to know someone until I had met my ex fiance, and uh, that speaks volumes because a chef really doesn't have the the opportunity to um get to know someone if they're very busy lifestyle like the way i live right now i would say it's pretty busy but i still have my days off i still have my time to get around and move around and uh, meet new people and go on dates so right now i have a time but it always wasn't like that chefs when you start off into a business like you have to put your all into it when you first start off as a chef like you're gonna give up um birthdays you're gonna give up uh anniversaries you're gonna give up um holidays you're gonna give up uh um, hell, even your own birthday, you know, just to be somewhere to get experience, to actually make money, because if you're not there, somebody else will. And the sad fact of it is sometimes they're not even there. Um, and you have to be there just out of necessity to actually keep your job afloat, even though it's not your own responsibility. Um, you just have to be there. Now, pro tip, those who always wanted to get out of work but never had the ability to. And if you work inside of a kitchen, this is a foolproof plan. Never fails. If anybody, my coworkers, are listening to this right now and you pull this shit, I promise you I'm firing your ass on the fucking spot, nigga. Now, there is certain illnesses and sicknesses that if you caught, you couldn't come to work even if you wanted to. Simple fact, uh, some fa- some illnesses are full food-borne Ill- illnesses. Ah, um, so like food poisoning, for instance. Um, they could be cross-contamination. It could be um, um, something that was improperly cooked. Um, but whatever that happens, you caught it. You can't really come to work anyway because if you do, you can possibly get somebody else sick, contaminate somebody else, and we can't have that. So foolproof. 100% foolproof. Uh, simple. That has to be in detail. Hey, look, chef, I got the runs. Can't come to work today. They got no choice but to believe you. And you don't have to really give a, a doctor's note because 
if you're at home and you just had it, quote unquote, for one day and you didn't think you needed to go to that doctor, Bob's your uncle. Um, I don't know why white people say that shit, though. Bob's your uncle. Uh, whatever. And, uh, I heard in the movie one time and I repeated it and I felt weird afterwards. Um, I don't think there's, there's got to be a black version of that. Bob's your uncle. Letitia's your auntie? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, we've gotten to the relationships. We've gotten to the aspects. We've gotten to dating. We talked about sex in the workplace. Um, pro tip. When having sex inside the workplace of a kitchen, you need to know the ins and outs. You need to know the cameras. You need to know angles. You need to know um, um, uh, people's uh, track record when it comes to moving around in the kitchen. Not sex-wise. I mean, like, paths. So, if my chef moves from A to B, but never ventures off to A to Z. There's go A to B, B to A, right? Those are the tracks they make themselves so from from point A to point B and back to point A. That's the only travel they had made. No detours, no other things in between that time. So you know exactly where your coworkers are at all times because if you kind of get caught up in that and you want to go fuck around on plot B, and your chef is in plot B's area, you're gonna get caught. There's no the ends now. Always have an escape plan. Always have a foolproof excuse. You get caught, um, that's on you. But nevertheless, if you can pull your pants up fast enough, you can always pretend like you're looking for something. <laughs> Just pretend like you're looking for something and you, you'll you get out of it. You know what I mean? Um, sure, there'd be some uh, suspicion, but uh, they can't really prove it unless they smell something. You know what I mean? If that thing is stinky, yanky, yon, yon, but tell a girl to... To, uh, to do something about that, pray some perfume or something. I don't know. Anyway, so um, we went over sex, we went over relationships, we went over um, life as a chef. Uh, so one thing I want to touch on is very, very near and dear to my heart. There is the simple idea that uh, reality TV is real when it comes to food. I got, I'm, I'm sad to burst that bubble, baby girl, but that, uh, that uh B Bobby Flay, that um uh cooking with emerald, that um uh, pioneer woman, that um great British bake off, that chopped, that cutthroat kitchen, that um high rise kitchen, what the fuck it is, all of it is fucking fake. Fences, diners, drivers, and dives. You know, people actually pay to be on a show, and then on top of that, you give the recipe to to guy to Gaffieri which in details takes that recipe and puts it on his particular restaurant that he has in America, right? He takes your, your idea or your recipe, uses it, puts it on something else because it can't be trademarked. Food can't be trademarked or copyrighted. And he takes that food, puts a little spin on it, makes it probably even better, puts it in his own restaurant. Is it a good idea? Sure. If you want your five minutes of fame, you know, get a quick shout out and people come to your restaurant from miles and miles and miles. I get it. Cool. Keep doing that. Um, but in the long haul, I think it's definitely, um, it, it kind of dulls the creativity. You know, he's made a great business off the idea that you can steal people's shit and then use it to put to your own ill-gotten gain. You know, look at slaves. We, they stole <laughs> product <laughs> and used it for their own. And, um, it did wonders for him. Look, look at him now. So, uh. That is, 
can't believe I said slavery. Fuck. Um, damn, I need to go delete that name too. Uh, <laughs> I might leave it in. Fuck it. I don't know. We we'll see. Um, she knows that uh, I care about her a lot. So, um, if you're listening to this, uh, you mean a lot to me. Anyway, um, so I know I'm get a lot of backlash from my friends. That actually, listen to that part. Go fuck yourself. It's my podcast. I do what the fuck I want. Um, but yeah, chefs. That kitchen nightmare shit. The actual one with Gordon Ramsay. Um. I just don't understand how kitchens get that damn dirty without people actually getting sick or catching illnesses or um, just overall pride. Jesus Christ, fucking slime in the ice machine. I'm My boss right now will see the smallest speck of dirt and then it turns into a kitchen project if we're not doing enough. And that's the signs of a great leader. You know, not to kiss too much ass here, but he's a great guy. You know, him and my boss over him are both great guys and they, they do amazing work. So um, I get it. They've been around the block. They know exactly what a clean kitchen is supposed to look like. So, uh, you know, there are times where I'm just like, yeah, I clean up this one spot, but there's like other multiple spots I need to clean up. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, But yeah, it's, 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 it's there is a uh, there is a stereotypical kitchen that runs off of cleanliness every kitchen should run off of cleanliness it needs to be a fucking clean kitchen to to cook to eat um and the the way shit gets so damn dirty i remember gordon ramsay found a rat in the freezer or some shit like that i don't fucking know don't don't quote me on that but it's gotta be it's gotta be fake gotta be you know chopped when you have these competitors that come in and cook food and put food down in front of these chefs these plates are sitting there for 30 minutes rock solid cold before the chefs even touch it, and they have to nuke it up before they get it to them because think about it you make a food in 30 minutes right they put the food down three contestants make three dishes well sorry three contestants makes three plates for three uh other uh judges right um i think the show starts off with four four cooks Oh, they start off with appetizer, entree, then dessert. So on appetizer knocks down a three, the entree knocks down a two, and then the dessert finally finished off the contestants, and that's just the one person that's left off. So um, they make a dish appetizer-wise based off of some criteria that they have or something like that they go in the pantry they make the food they cook the food 30 minutes time some of the stuff that they make i'm a chef takes longer than 30 minutes um even if you have the best timing and skills it takes at least maybe we're looking at like hour hour 40 hour 35 um nothing more than two hours i think two hours is more reserved for like your roast or whatever fuck you want to do goulash or something or if you just want to cook a beef down and make it really really tender in a roast, I get it, but the stuff they have on there it doesn't take. It takes longer than thirty minutes. Um, so appetizer goes out, they put the appetizer down. Uh, thirty minutes pass by. After they had ma- they made it, now it's time for post production. Uh, interviews. I couldn't get the 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 chicken in the freezer in the time, so I had to put in a blast chiller, and then that's when I saw Jamie d- deliver the killing blow on it. The, the, the interviews at the food, this shows you how fake 
these food things are and it's fucking crazy to me so anyway um think about it the food made puts on a plate three plates uh for the three chefs um they have videos they have recordings the they take uh interviews oh excuse me interviews other chefs the chefs are talking shit about other chefs you know nobody's gonna be touching my whatever fucking food they had made um and everybody's like oh okay you know this is gonna be great chefs in there they're talking to them hey look i like this like this i like that we're talking about 15 minutes tops of them talking about the food and that's each individual chef i mean each individual cook describing something about this advertiser now you have to remember there's other three other contestants that also have to present the advertisers and don't let it be a hot advertiser now my food's gotten cold and what they do microwave it so if the food has to be hot they're not tasting all right then at the same time. Even if they do taste all at the same time, the food will get cold. So it's not a real it's not a real depiction of how food should be, in my personal opinion. Anyway. Uh, or food show should be in anything. Yeah, and that's what I feel like about um that aspect. Now there are some good, cool things when it comes to chef. You learn how to you learn how to actually um cut things. Tie things up, sous vide things. If you don't know what sous vide are, it's basically it means to cook in water or cook so like it's submerged. It has to be submerged in something. I remember the earliest days of actually sous vide things were um um uh experienced in um firsthand where uh cooks would dig holes and take suckling pigs and wrap them up inside burlap saps and um and banana leaves, I believe, I think, and place them inside of the ground with a whole bunch of spices and cover them with hot coals and wood to cook the pig or whatever inside this big ass ground that they had dug a hole in, whatever. And that's sous vide. It's submerging of fuck. They're submerging of of um objects, you know, like water dirt, you know, coals, it's, you bury it underneath something, you cook it in that substance. And it's cool. It's one of the most coolest, you know, hippest things that you could possibly do. Now, um, I want to touch on one subject and that is movies, movies for chef movies. That was one movie that just came, not just came out, I think came out last year or year before last. And I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Um, but the premise of the movie is a chef, is so um, revered for his great work. He has an own island for um, his cooking prowess. Like he he has a select few, like fifteen or twelve people that come to his island and eat his food. They all get to enjoy his courses that he makes. And I just cannot remember the name. I'm gonna look it up while I talk to you guys. But um, he makes this food, and um, he has ulterior motives now. He wants to kill everybody in the island because the way people have treated the food industry. Um, chef horror movie. Um, it's going to come to me and it's going to pick the menu. Fuck. How did that kill me like that? Jesus Christ. So the menu. He makes um, uh, appetizers, entree, first course, second course, third course. Now there are um, different courses and each course has a uh, meaning behind them. There's one that's called man's folly which is um a uh um what was it 
I believe he was attempting to have sex with um one of his co-workers and then he spurred her for telling him no and he made her feel like shit even though she didn't have sex with him and then she he proceeded to um um down degrade her i guess and in this one she explained how um she was um spurred by him and how she was treated by him and she takes a pair of kitchen scissors and stabs him right in the thigh. And that was probably one of the most jarring things about the movie because she was talking about, you know, I, I almost felt like I was being raped and, you know, I didn't have sex with me. He, you know, he couldn't, he could have sex with me. And I told him no, but um, he made me feel like shit. So here we are, six kitchen scissors and she stabs him right in the thigh. I say to all to say, if you see the movie, The Menu, it's, what chefs want to say to critics, but they never got the opportunity to because they want their business to thrive. We can't tell people to go fuck themselves because we want you to come eat them. So we have to constantly consistently kiss your ass and make you happy. And it's one of the most things that it's very disturbing about my job because it's a very people person, people driven job without people. My job needs to cease exists. Um, so if I'm not attracting people and bringing people in with um, the notion of I'm going to make you happy, I'm going to make you um, um, excited about my food, then I lose you as a customer. I lose you as a fan base. I lose you as a future customer because you can't come to my place if I'm not kissing your ass. And that's just most places. And it's probably one of the most disturbing things that I think about when I when I work there. Because I, I, as much as I love being a people pleaser, I've been called a golden retriever, which was weird. Um, but I understand why the particular person called me a golden retriever, because uh, I am a people pleaser. But at the same time, in my profession, I feel like there needs to be lines that are drawn. And when you have a kitchen, the one that I work in, I feel like the goalpost always consistently moves. When I say goalpost, I mean the driven goal for my job is to do X, Y, and Z, make them happy, um, get more business. Um, um, all that is before the goalpost, right? Now the goalpost itself is just the finish line. That is the rules, the regulations, what we can and what we can't do. We close at eight o'clock today. We close at nine o'clock today. We um, we can't make this because I don't have it. We can't do that because we have the inability to do such things. Now, when I say the goalpost moves, that means when I move that goalpost, eight o'clock turns into nine o'clock. We're supposed to close at eight o'clock tonight. I can close at nine. Members are here. Can't close at nine. Can close at eight, so we have to close at nine. All right. Um, the goalpost moves further. Um, we're actually going to be open until 10 o'clock um why yeah people are here still and they haven't ordered yet how come they have ordered oh they were just sitting here talking this whole time and they looked up and it was um uh 9 45 and they wanted to order so we can't turn them down because they're still sitting at the bar okay all right so i'm not getting out here until 11 o'clock because we still have to clean up as an hour cleanup and don't get out until 11 o'clock I live 30 minutes away, so now I got to make a 30-minute trek home. So I'm looking at probably 11.45, 11.50. I don't get home. Great. There goes my night. 
um, goalposts move, goalposts moves further. Hey, uh, a member wants to have a special dessert that we don't have on the menu. Huh? Yeah, a member wants to have a special dessert that we have on the menu. Um, what kind of dessert do they want to have? Um, well, she was thinking maybe you can make a key lime pie. A key lime pie. We don't, we don't have pie crust. I don't have, uh, uh I don't have a, a, a reduction to make a key lime. I, I, I don't have anything to make. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, VIPs and they really want a key lime pie. <sighs> um, can you tell them it's gonna be a thirty minute wait? Maybe that might sell them. No, that might that might kind of change things a little bit. Okay, I'll go ask some chef. So. Server goes out, goes to the table, talks to him. Hey, you know, this is going to be a 30 minute wait. Just want to let you know, like, chef is going to make it, um, but it's going to take a while. Of course, they say yes. Every fucking time they say yes. She comes back into the kitchen. Chef, uh, you're going to hate me. What is it? They said they're fine waiting the 30 minutes for the key lime pop. Fuck! <sighs> all right, all right, all right. Let me get. So and so to go get this done really quick. All right, uh, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, tell them that we can do it. Thank you, chef. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. You see where I'm going with this? Kitchen nightmares. Kitchen fucking nightmares. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's just the way the game goes, and it's 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 rough, dude. It's rough. But yeah, so I'm not gonna go into detail. But every other store that I have, just know I have plenty of more stories where that come from. So if you really like those stories I gave you just now or something that you'd like to hear from me again, let me know. I'll go in for the detail. Tell me on the, the Twitter, Elephant Room Pod, Elephant Room Pod. Check it out. Tell me what you think. And we'll go from there. Um, In the meantime, we're going to go into the quick hits, baby. So, let me retract. I'm going to go back real quick. I just want to say something real quick. I authenticated a new Twitter for this podcast. And I'm just realizing that I spelled it wrong. Yeah. I didn't spell it elephant room. I spelled it elephant. <laughs> elephant room pod. Um, right now, it's E-L-E-P-A-N-T-R-O-O-M. P-O-D, Elephant Room Pod. I think I fucked that up big time, so I'll change that later. But for right now, it's Elephant Room Pod. Elephant Room Pod. That's a Twitter. That's where you can find us on Twitter. Ask us questions. Send us thoughts. Um, tell me what you think. And so, quick hits. We'll get to some quick stuff today. Um, I want to know... In the vein of food, what's the first time that you tasted something that was mind-blowing and you had to tell somebody else? Send it to me on the pod for the Twitter. Let me know how you feel, and we'll go from there, all right? But next quick hit. Um, This question comes from um, Tim from work. 
Um, I know that I would give you a nickname. Uh, so if you listen to this, buddy, the nickname they're going to give you today is JFK. So JFK sent this question today. Um, and I just want to see what you guys think about it. So I was at work the other day and, um, JFK had asked me, Hey, um, what do you think about children? Like, what do you think about having kids? And he doesn't want to have kids. He and him and his, um, um, Russian betrothed to be are kidsless. They don't want to bring kids into the world. And, um, you know, I, I feel strongly about like 50, 50 on children, to be honest, you know, they're, they're fun, you know, they're, they're lovable, you know, you kind of see them grow up and you, I mean, you see yourself grow up in them. Um, that sounded bad. That sounded real bad. Uh, you see a version of yourself in the, okay. That sound bad too. Uh, you see yourself in the children. I hope that comes off, um, PC, <laughs> but yeah, you, you see yourself in the children and, um, you see exactly where they get it from because it's from you. You, you're the one that actually gave them that snarky remarks, those witty comebacks, those, um, uh, intelligent mindset, or you gave them the, um, in ability or inability to do something because that's you instilled in them. And I think it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that the sponges, they absorb everything that you give them in the world, but at the same time, it can be little bitches. You know what I mean? I've seen some kids that are just, Oh my God. Um, rough. Um, which leads me into the next part of this segment, which I'm going to call it ass women's of the century for children. Since I'm 50, 50 on them. I think it just takes the right person. It also takes the right ass weapon to make sure these kids are in line. Um, so ass women's of the century, which I'll tell you stories about ass women that I've got in the past. Now, this isn't so much of an ass woman. I'm going to give you a teaser and then we're going to talk about it more as these episodes keep on coming out. So first time that I've ever got hit in public, one one solid hit um, was the first time I actually cussed. <laughs> so I remember uh, my mom took uh, us to Fiesta after church. We went to Fiesta we're getting some groceries. We're doing the regular, you know, show and pony to get myself ready to go, you know, back to school. Mom's cooking dinner that night or something, whatever. And, um, whatever. And so there used to be, I don't know if they still is, but there used to be a barrel of pinto beans at Fiesta, like an actual barrel filled up with pinto beans or black eyed peas. And I went to those beans being a weird ass kid that I still am. I stuck my hand inside those beans and I was just playing around with them because <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, this feels good in my hands. It feels weird, weird. Ooh, it feels weird. My mom called me, didn't say nothing. She just came behind me and she smacked the shit out the back of my head. Just fucking, it smacked the fuck out the back of my head, right? So much so my ears were ringing. I felt like a bomb just went off. I was like, that's all I can hear. It's just, I, I, you know what? I, I, I remember that my mom was like, uh, um, she was, she was heavy handed. You know, she, she still is heavy. She can, she can smack the damn, um, um, 
the damn skin off you. You know what I mean? She knocked the black off you. And uh, she she hit me so damn hard that uh, that I felt like I went deaf for a minute. You know, I I didn't think it was possible for me to actually hear anything. So I heard this. <laughs> I thought I thought I thought I was going deaf. <laughs> it's like I was like my my. I I couldn't hear anything. Like I thought I was in a Pearl Harbor scene, and um. Tears swelled up in my eyes, and I just couldn't control it. I instantly started crying. <laughs> and she's like, go in the back, clean yourself up, and let's keep shopping. I told you not to touch shit when we got in here, right? Because parents always give you, they read you the riot act before you leave into the grocery store. My mom always did it. When we get in here, don't touch shit. Don't ask for shit. Matter of fact, I want your eyes closed. Like, they always did that, right? Um, she, she made me hold on to the basket and everything, but this time she gave me free reign. She was like, Oh, you growing up, you could do it or whatever. Right. Um, I couldn't do it. <laughs> she took me, she's like, uh, go on the back, clean yourself up. Now this fiesta in particular, um, here in Houston, it's, I think honestly, every fiesta is the same way. If I'm not mistaken, cause I haven't been to fiesta. I haven't been inside of a fiesta for a minute, but the one that I went to when I was a kid, it didn't have a traditional restroom for customers like in the public area. You had to go through the load dock, which was back behind those two big ass black double doors. And on it'll be the first restroom on the left. And so I'm crying walking past coworkers that's sitting on their break because they had their break room like right behind those black double doors. And so I'm walking in a and then the, some some Spanish woman is like, oh mijo. Mijo, todo bien? Like they just, <laughs> they just sex me up from okay and stuff, and I'm just like, and I just don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. What I'm talking about. I went to the restroom and I'm in, I'm in the restroom trying to wipe my face off, face red, back of my head stinging. It just, it feels like that motherfucker is sizzling. Like, but she hit me some back of back of my heart. I feel like I could fried egg on the back of my head. You know. That's that's how hard she hit me. It felt like that on the back of my head. It felt like the surface of the sun, right? So I clean up and I look myself in the mirror and I was like, you gonna let her hit your ass like that in public? Fuck that bitch. You know, she gonna hit you. I bet she won't do it again. I bet she won't do it again, bitch. You know, my mom got close to the, my mom got, came in the back door. Like, you all right now, boy? Like, yeah, I'm all okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> bruh it was rough anyway um and that was ass whipping of the century little tidbit little snippet um that will be a reoccurring part i'll ask anybody that's ever gotten an ass whipping before and going for it's gonna what it's be so thank you so much again that was a quick hits So, all that being said, um, our show is coming to an end, and I want to say thank you so much again for all those who have been a part of this journey, just for these three episodes that I just put up. Not a huge ask I've been giving you, asking you guys for, but I just want to let you know that you guys are amazing. You guys are um, everything um, that the world needs, and, 
and just people that ask questions, people that have intrigue, people that have um, uh, sense of humor. And in this world of sensitivity and PC culture, um, it's okay to talk about weird shit. It's okay to talk about things that nobody else wants to talk about because that's what makes us the elephants and that's what makes them jackasses. Um, so I just want to let you guys know, thank you so much, so much again. Those who push me forward, those who tell me it's great, those who give me words of wisdom, those who said, hey, look, I think it'd be better if you did this way. You guys are all great additions to the show, and I can't thank you enough. So without further ado, I want to let you guys on a little um, tidbit of hope, tidbit of um, of spirituality or um, simple life uh, advice. Um, I feel like this world needs more people that laugh. I want you to laugh. I want you to love. I want you to be yourself. Because you can only be yourself. And with that being said, um, love is around the corner. Laughter is not far away. Find laughter in things that you deem to be funny. Don't let anybody tell you not to laugh. And don't let anybody tell you that something isn't funny. It's up to you to decide what is funny, what's not funny, and what keeps you going. All right? So. Thank you once again for joining the Elephant in the Room podcast. I've been your host, Big Rob, and we out. I've been pacing my paces to come Kamikaze. I've been making my makers say what I'm offering. We've all had behaviors and they were troubling. Smoke way too much, I keep coughing. I pull out all the stops to make a profit. When I get down to the bottom, I need topping. Come here and ease my mind, be my clonopin. Let me chug this thing and be proud of it. I will carve it in and I'll make you feel like you're on the cloud and you can't sit still when we on the floor. When I'm on the force and you use the force, there's no problem. I will carve it in and I'll make you feel like you're on the cloud and you can't sit still when we on the floor. When I'm on the force and you use the force, there's no problem. When I'm with you, I'm holier than Jesus Religious freedom, paid leave to get on my knees And pray to you if you're cool with cosplay and teaching I don't mean to come across facetious But it's all a joke to me and it should be to all of these Sometimes I think it's the only way to stay decent When the wind blowing that way, we ought to pray the breezes I will carve it in and I'll make you feel like you're on the cloud And you can't sit still when we're on the floor When I'm on the force and you use the force There's no And I'll make you 
on the cloud and you can't sit still when we on the floor when i'm on the force when you use the force there's no problem i will carve it in and i'll make you feel like you're on the cloud and you can't sit still when we on the floor when i'm on the